Sales meeting here live from the beautiful banks of the Tennessee River. The Tennessee River. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, it's a beautiful talking, day out there today. Oh, yeah, it's uh, what my father used to call liquid sunshine. It's 62 down in degrees. South Florida. Yeah, the temperature's right. Right. It's the uh, it's all the precipitation that is the problem. Uh, but hey, in here it's uh, climate <laughs> controlled. Right. Right. And a nice day in the studios. And you know what they say in the car business. The worse the weather, the better the deals. Right? That's all we need. We always used to say, if they're here on a rainy day, you know they're a buyer. <laughs> right. They're not out here kicking tires. No, they're not. So we're going to talk about a whole different facet of the sales component in a dealership, and that is the service department. Absolutely. Something that most GMs, and especially GSMs, know nothing about. <laughs> right, 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 and uh, having traveled all over the country, they know they're not doing what they're supposed to. Right, right. we're not getting near what we should be getting out of there, but we have no idea why. And so we want to just talk about. I mean, there's there's a number of dynamics that go on in the service department, um, and and it's just like every other facet of the dealership. It's are we following the process? Everybody knows what to do, right? Should we do a walk around every time a, a car comes in? Yeah. We should. Right. That, that goes without saying. But is it being done in 90% of the service uh, departments in the country? Absolutely not. It's yeah, not I think most done. dealers and managers would agree. We, we all know what we should be doing, but only no one's, no one's doing it. Right. But there are elements of, uh, of the selling in the service department that certainly could uh, trigger additional revenue, higher numbers at the end of the month, uh, higher turn number of ROs, Average dollars per RO, all the things that we're tracking on a on a weekly and monthly basis. Um, Absolutely, I, I was on a, uh, a coaching trip in Toledo, Ohio, and uh, this was a big auto group, very well known for their internal training. Uh, had you know a dedicated staff that all they did was training and come up with new ideas. They had hanging on their wall uh, a quote that said, "If you're as good as you're going to get, you can't work here." So I think whether you've been in the business 20 years or two years uh, or two months, uh, there's ways to get better. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I'd like to drill down in the service lane today. Obviously, we can't do a three-hour podcast on the entire service process, but there are a couple of things that I thought were important to talk about, uh, one of which is the easiest way to kind of increase some revenue from the service department is things that the dealer is already looking at hopefully each month is your retention numbers. Right. I mean, the manufacturer gives bonus uh, for those numbers. And if we're not hitting them, we're just basically, uh, you know, eliminating that free money. Right. Uh, so what's the retention bonus about? Well, I, I mean, there's a number of things. First, you like everything else, you have to show the value of maintaining your vehicle at the dealership. And I think it just gets easier and easier every year as as vehicles get more and more complicated. I mean, we know the average vehicle being sold today, late model vehicle, has 17 different working computers on the vehicle, right? I, mean, I, I would think 200, yeah. yeah the higher-end ones, yeah. <laughs> right. We're talking 30, 40 uh, separate working computers yeah. that are changing the 
drive uh, drivability of the vehicle within fractions of a second. Right, and right. Or your ABS, your lane change. Your, and yeah. are learning the way the driver actually functions in the vehicle. Um, and we find a lot of the, the repairs are simply a flash to the vehicle in some respect or another. Right, right. Um, so it's, it's a matter, and it's the old saying, you know, the sales department sells the first one. The service department sells the second one, the third one, the fourth <laughs> right, one to that right. same customer. Right. If they're going to trust you enough to work on their vehicle, then they're going to trust you enough to buy their next vehicle from. Plus, it puts them in your dealership at the perfect time to be trading in their vehicle and getting them into a new one. Absolutely. And what do most manufacturers measure that on? I know I was at a Nissan dealership, and honestly, you know, it's not their fault. No one trained them. But they had a BDC that didn't even know how to get into the NNA net and pull who was not retained. Like, how did Nissan even come up with that number? Right. You know, that they were at a 34% retention uh, or an 8% in their case. Yeah. Uh, but I think most of it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe most of it revolves around oil changes or, you know, the routine scheduled maintenance that are done from the time a car is new up to like uh, either a year or two years, right? right? Well, and that's, it's the routine maintenance that they know should be occurring. Right. Um, that's why they'll say, you know, I mean, the, the average driver is going to drive at least at least 3,000 miles to, you know, I guess now it's five to even 10,000 right, miles right. before an oil change. But they should hit that number within the first six months. Right. right. So if they don't see them come back into the dealership within that six-month period of time, now all they're really looking for is a VIN on an RO. Right, right. right. They're just looking for that vehicle to have come back through the service department, but they're, they're assuming that retention is really going to coincide most directly with express services. Well, if I'm a dealer, I'm thinking maybe, uh, you know, I don't need to hire additional personnel for that. My advisor should be able to make those phone calls, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Your advisor <laughs> should be able to do a lot of things, you know, and, right. and uh, kind of a, a different topic in the same uh, world is the the benefit of a service BDC. Absolutely. Right? I mean, there there are still more uh, dealers out there that don't have a service BDC um, than do, which is a surprising statistic. That is uh, I would think but, nowadays, I mean, if you don't have one or two people making phone calls for your uh, proactively trying right. to gain business, whether it's sales or service, I think you're, you're behind... Uh, the industry. Well, and you just look at it from the perspective of, you know, who, who is the person, and this is when when I was going to dealerships and talking to them about installing a service BDC, who's the person who is responsible to answer the phone? And they'd say, my service advisor. Right. And I'd say, who's the person who's responsible to care for the customer when they come in the lane? And they'd say, the service advisor. And I'd say, okay, so how many people can one person effectively help at one time? Right. Number's right. one. Right? right. So either the phone's ringing, they're not answering it because they're helping the guy in front of them. And when is the busiest time on the phone? Well, it's the same as the busiest time on the service line. <laughs> right, right when you open and, and right before you right. close. Everybody's right. calling at the same time people are showing up at your dealership. And if you answer the phone, the guy standing in front of you goes, what are you talking to him for? I'm standing Right, there. I'm here in front of you. Or you don't answer the phone. Now you've upset the guy who's calling on the phone going, God, they never answer. You know, and they go on <laughs> somewhere right. else. So, uh, ultimately, if the, the need of a BDC is certainly, uh, um, it's accentuated with the uh, retention calls or the opportunity to be, like you said, John, proactive in reaching out to those customers to, to sell the value of coming into the dealership. If you're not reaching out to them, 
then what's going to make them think to come by your your dealership? Well, and another aspect down going down that same train of thought is, uh, what are you trying to get them in for? Well, ultimately, your your first priority is I want to hit that retention number, right? I want that free money. Well, all you need to do to to uh, get them off that list, off of that non-retained list, is have an RO attached with the VIN number, right? So. What are you calling them for? Hey, it's time for your routine maintenance. It's yeah. time for your scheduled maintenance, right? The manufacturer suggested uh, interval. Well, then they come in, and your service advisor has a guy that, you know, called because he wants a brake, uh, brake job done, or he calls because he's here the rattling in his drive shaft, or he's got uh, a scheduled maintenance and a quote oil change, right? So who does he want to work with better? Don't most service advisors get paid a form of commission? Of course. Yeah, and it's based upon dollar per RO, right? Absolutely. Well, there are a number of metrics, but certainly they all generate back to how many people are you are you selling, and what are you selling to those individuals? Right, right. So I ran into a problem frequently of you, you've got the dealer wanting to get these people off of the list that says they were not retained, but you've got the advisor kind of in conflict in that, saying I don't want a low RO dollar amount, right? So. How do we fix that? All right. Well, I mean, it, it really, there's a couple of variables that are also in there. It's uh, the size of your service department. There are certainly those service departments that have a dedicated express person. Okay. Right? Yeah. That's all they do is, you know, basically express services and tires, maybe. Um, or, uh, you know, it's also where's the sweet spot in the number of ROs that a service advisor can write in one day? Well, I've heard anywhere from 15 to 18 is really the ideal. Smaller service department, I mean, I went in service departments where they were writing 25 and 30 ROs a day per service advisor. Yeah, and, and so and you're going to expect that person who is writing 20 to 30 ROs a day to try to upsell, to do status update calls, to be proactive and reach right. out to people who haven't come in yet and they bought the car six months ago, absolutely it's not going to yeah, happen. He's, he's, so a lot of times, He's barely getting a lunch break. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is, I think there, there are two options. It is either hiring more people, and we know, you know uh, the two-legged expense is always the most expensive, and or investment in technology. I mean, there are technologies out there that will help uh, at least provide a, a better conduit of communication on a more rapid response basis than taking the time to stop to make the phone call. I, you heard me breathe in and you thought I had something yeah, I important did. to say. Yeah. So you immediately stopped. I did. Well, that's very respectful. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I was now, just... don't, don't let me down. <laughs> well, I think we're making a big jump from the advisors being overwhelmed to, you know, how many people do you need? I mean, that's obviously a calculation every dealer needs to make. Right. You know, what is the optimum number of people for your growth? Um, but I think we're missing a, an important step there, which is those people that are coming in for their scheduled maintenance don't have to only spend 25 bucks, Correct. right? I mean, let's not miss the boat there. What are we doing uh, to, to upsell those clients? Yeah. Uh, or at least offer... I mean, I, you know, I don't want to 
propose that we should try to upsell everybody anything we can get them to buy. But I think there ought to be a good dynamic process between, all right, sir, we went through your car. Here's our multi-point inspection. These things look good. You know, uh, you're right on schedule there. Nothing needs to be addressed. These things are yellow. You know, it's right. fine right now. I wouldn't spend any money on it. Uh, but these things are red. They need to be addressed today if possible. Right. Well, and the, the chances of finding something on a vehicle that was sold by the dealership new mm-hmm. six months ago right. is very low. Right. But there are certainly uh, other things that can be upsold. Right. right. I right. mean, they don't need to get a uh, conventional oil change. They can get a synthetic oil change. Right. They can get a conditioner that's going to maintain their vehicle for the okay. longevity of the vehicle. Uh, most dealers are selling you know, aftermarket products that have their own warranties associated with them. And if they've uh, continued to use those products, I mean, BG is an example, but there's others out there. If they've used those products consistently throughout the life of the vehicle, well, it's going to provide its own warranty back to that customer. So now we're selling the value of the added warranty, right, which is a peace of mind thing rather than necessarily... Uh, it's needed today. Your brakes are, you know, down to, you know, whatever the, the depth is that's going to make them needing to be replaced. Um, so, yeah, so the answer to that question is there's certainly other opportunities to upsell, uh, even in somebody who's only had their vehicle for, you know, four to six months. Okay, so, so what we're talking about here is take the free money from the manufacturer, right? right. Have someone... Probably not the service advisor would be the best choice, but have someone reaching out to these customers to try to increase that retention, right? Uh, let's let's coach the advisors on, you know, if it's time management or, or goals for upselling, uh, something, you know, so they're not getting hurt by those low ROs. Uh, and obviously, you know, that this upselling training could carry over into used vehicles that come in, you know, five or 10 year old vehicles. Right. You know, if we can get that process down of of effectively delivering that multi-point inspection, well, I think revenues rise without fail. Yeah, absolutely. Exponentially. And, and you could even spiff the, the advisors for. Right. Right. Taking in a certain. Have a contest for who upsold the most. Right. That brings to mind some tools that I've learned about recently or researched recently is, uh, apps or software that helps communicate uh, the direct issues. I mean, obviously a multi-point inspection is great, but if you're going to call the customer and say, you know, hey, I noticed that, you know, your tires are getting low. I think you ought to replace the front two at least. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could send them a video of those items that need attention? Absolutely, it would be. And so let's think about so we started with the reaching out to those customers right right and let's say I, I don't have a service BDC and I'm really not ready to to make that investment or you know I don't know whatever, whatever the case may be um, what what about sales guys making those calls and and here's why I know one of the things we did at a dealership that I worked at um, was we would have new salespeople go through the orphan client list. Mm-hmm. Every dealership has this you know, huge list of orphan clients and reach out to those customers and say, hey, Mr. Johnson, uh, my name is Ray and I'm a salesman here at the dealership and I just wanted to let you know that I've been assigned to your account. 
I am your guy. If you need anything at all at this dealership, I'm more than happy to help you with it. And in fact, one of the reasons I was calling you is I noticed that your vehicle that you just bought from us six months ago from John, it looks like it should be due for its first oil change. Right. I can go ahead and get, help you get that scheduled, right? I but, think that's a wonderful idea. But you're, to be clear, you're talking about making the retention calls, not making the MPI calls. Right, no. We were okay, because yeah. we I was talking about multi-point inspection. You said, hey, let's have the salesman make those calls. Right. I got confused for a minute. But no, you're talking about making those manufacturer retention the calls. The manufacturer retention Yeah, calls. I think that's a wonderful yeah. idea. Now, the, the MPI, the multiple multi-point inspection, you know, that's the... That's got to be your service advisor, right? Or yeah. a BDC person who's knowledgeable with the service ways of, of uh, operation. Um, because I think there's nothing more effective than being able to tell somebody, hey, you know what? You don't need these today. They're yellow. But by the next time you come in, looks like you're going to be due for those. Right, right. Why don't we go ahead? So now the next time you come in, you're not shocked when they say, hey, we got, you know, need to do a $400 brake job. Right, you, right. You've kind you of set had up the, some, yeah. yeah. And how much more are they going to uh, believe you and and respect right. you in the fact that you said, hey, you know what? I'm not going to sell it to you today because it's only in the yellow. But this is something that we definitely need to keep an eye on. If by chance, you know, you hear squealing in your brakes or something yeah. prior to your next visit, please bring it in and let's do a check for you to make sure that, you know, we didn't hit that that red level uh, faster than we necessarily thought we would. Which is building that trust and rapport, which right. is ultimately going to lead to the next car deal as well. Right. Um, well, let's let's circle back around to the service advisors and, and are they overwhelmed. We've talked about status calls. It's, right. in my opinion, one of the biggest kind of uh, clogging items that we have in the service department. Because like you said, they're going to deal with the person that's in front of them right. and let that phone ring. Well, a lot of those ringing phones are customers calling in saying, hey, you've had my car for three hours. You said it would only take an hour. You know, what's going on? Right. Now, what's the best way to eliminate those? Well, ultimately, and, and there's certainly not phone calls that you want going to your BDC. Yeah. Because if your BDC is spending all day just answering status update calls where they are typically in another part of the dealership. Yeah. And they have to pick up the phone and call. They, they either have to pick up the phone and call or worst case, go back to the service department well, into the, the service lane and or, or out into the shop. Yeah. And hey, what's going on with Mr. Jones car? They have to become right? one of those people standing in front of them. Right. Right. So so uh, it's it's definitely something that that uh, that the advisor needs to participate in. Um, and you know the best way I found is if they will actually, you know, kind of make a list mm -hmm. of the where they've set the expectation. Hey, Mr. Jones, I should know something by about two o'clock today. I'm going to go ahead and write you down under my two o'clock. What's the best number for me to reach you at two o'clock when I call you? Right. And then, well, yeah, I, th I think that's a, an important part of the the initial process, right. right? When you're taking a car in, you've got the customer there dropping it off. Right. Let's have that conversation then. Right. Hey, it looks like you know I'm backed up for a couple of hours. I probably won't be able to get it, you know, in the shop until ten o'clock, ten fifteen. Right. Uh, I should know something by eleven thirty. Can I give you a call before noon? Right. You know, and and literally, like you're saying, you got a whiteboard behind the service advisor's desk. He turns around with a dry erase marker, writes down twelve, Mister West. Right. 
that guy isn't calling it 10, 10, 15, 10, 20, Have 10, you looked at it yet? Have yeah. you looked at it yet? What's going on? Nobody's <laughs> called me back. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. You've set an expectation that I think is much easier to fulfill. I love it. I think that's probably, for me, the number one thing that could be improved upon in any service lane across the country is handling that status call proactively from the initial uh, taking the car in conversation with the customer. Right. And and thus eliminating probably 60% of the calls that you're getting in the afternoon. Right. And the advantage to the service advisor is just like with a sales guy, right? I mean, if, if as a salesperson, you want a repeat customer because you know if, if I can become your go-to guy right. when you're looking for a vehicle is much more valuable than me just, you know, trying to churn them and burn them. Right. right. I heard, so, go ahead. You know, so same thing with the service advisor, right? What's, what's the advantage to me as a service advisor if I'm really just taking time to call them about an oil change or talk to them about an oil change? It's because if you show that, hey, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to call you and then I'm actually going to make the call, <laughs> right. they're going to go, God, that, that's my trusted advisor, right? This guy is the guy I'm going to, you know, my first point of contact, my first phone call, when I pull in the service lane, I'm asking for Bill. Right. I'm not just taking whoever happens to, you know, take me, you know, and maybe even I want to work with Bill so much that I'm willing to call the dealership to schedule my appointment with Bill. Right, right. Right. So now and then they become loyal to that specific advisor. Right. Yeah. And more likely than not, they have more than one vehicle in their at, at home in their exactly. driveway. Exactly. So now not only do you get this new one that they have, but the other ones that are they're also in their stable back at home and you're going to be the advisor that they go to when they do need something of more Absolutely. consequence. I heard once from an old veteran, uh, if we are meeting their expectations, then we're failing miserably right. because <laughs> their expectations are so Already low. so low. Yeah, but that makes it easy to improve, right? It makes it easy to be the best in your town. Absolutely. It makes it easy to, to be the number one customer satisfaction dealer in your market. Right. Uh, all right, well, just to recap, I think we're wrapping up this segment. Uh, manufacturer retention calls, it's an easy way to uh, get points when you're manufacturer and to earn a little extra money. Right. Uh, if we can eliminate status calls, that makes the service department run so much smoother. And upselling cannot be uh, stressed enough. It's it's the advisor's uh, bonus plan. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and look at every, you know, again, selling across the board in the dealership, you got to love the one you're with. Absolutely. Right? So if you have an opportunity with somebody, I mean, you want to capitalize on that opportunity. They've trusted the dealership enough to give you the opportunity. Use it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. so, uh, well, thank you, everybody, for yeah, listening. Yeah, we appreciate you, uh, you listening to us. If you have any questions, uh, just email us. 